Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Radamic. Better to your host. Thank you so kind of being part of the show. We're going to have a great show for you today, folks. If you're just getting in, please go ahead and make yourself known so I can call you out. Also, please remember, if you are on YouTube, give us that thumbs up. If you are on Facebook, give us that like. If you are on Twitter, please remember to follow us. Follow at Egberto Willies. Egberto Willies, E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S. E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S. Anyway, we're going to have a great program for you in the house, AVQ. El Señor, AVQ, El Señor, uh, Miguel, Michael Rudnan, and E2247 is in the house. And of course, our league, our Gresham leader, Bridge MCP. How you doing, our beautiful Bridge and Paul Fleming? How you doing, Paul? Saw some of the stuff that you sent me. I haven't gone through all of it yet over the, the little uh, messaging thing there. But I did read about that one with the person bringing that folk, that lady into, uh, that, that company into... Mess with the voting machines, Yvette Avery Herod. Welcome to Politics Done Right. Yesterday was your day. We celebrated Yvette Avery Herod yesterday for being our union activist. Bridge MCP, how are you doing? Our beautiful Bridge and Kien Mas está aquí. Anyhow, let's get started. Michael Rudnan, of course, he started with two long ones, and but you know, you only gave two this time, so hey, we could say it's four short ones. Anyhow, let's get busy. I see something coming in. Michael Rudnan says, I see. In the right comment. I see stars in the right comment. You do, huh? Okay, I need to take a look to see if I see stars. If I see... S- I don't know how it works yet. I just They just signed me up for it. But I'm going to see how the stars work when I get to the first video. But give me stars. Is, I guess what I'm supposed to tell all of you. Give me stars, people. Give me stars. Necesito estrellas. Necesito estrellas. Okay, let's see what we got here. Going up to the top now, let's see. The independent UK, a city in New Mexico, has about 20 days of fresh water left. The city is going to try to treat lake water to buy it some time until a long-term solution can be found. Earlier this year, a a wildfire scorched the hills around Las Vegas, New Mexico. Not to be confused with the gambling mecca in Nevada, torching more than 340,000 acres of land. The fires were allowed up by an unusual wet monsoon season, generally a blessing for the drought-stricken southwest that washed the charred remains of the, fl- of the fires into the, nation's, into the region's water system that has left one of the city's two reservoirs filled with contaminants that are overwhelming its, overwhelming its filtration system. It's a frustrating time for the city. The monsoon rains would have been a blessing for a southwest town in the summer. But now that water is contaminated, mostly unusable. The risk goes beyond just general contamination. When carbon ash reacts with high levels of chlorine, which is required for sanitation, the water can be, oh, carcinogenic. Didn't know that. Now, with only 20 days of fresh water remaining, the city is banking on a gamble. It hopes to draw water from a nearby lake and retreat it and pre-treat it for household use until more permanent solution can be found. This is no easy task. It takes time to test the water, and before the city can even begin tackling the logistic of, redistribu- of distribution, it must first determine the right combination and amount of chemicals needed to make the lake water potable. Our nation's water systems are so out of date that any stress can break them. Now we go got to deal with mostly Republican politicians who continue to block infrastructure investment 
while the mega drought in the southwest caused by global warming makes such a task even more difficult. Meantime, progressives continue to talk about crumbling infrastructure and hope to get votes, then funding to properly address these problems before we have so many more climate refugees. I'll tell you something else that I just told you. Notice um, the, this, the way you read it, you read about the contaminants and all of that. A friend of mine is doing a whole lot of block walking, and she said a lot of people that she's walking into are saying things like, ah, it doesn't matter, we, we don't make a difference. What I told her, she's coming across people that are, have never been solid voters before, and that's what they think. And I told her that what she has to do is get to them, get to these people in a form that they understand, something that's going to affect them today and let them know that if they make sure that Republicans are not elected, these problems can be solved. And this is not a partisan issue. This is just a fact. We'll, we'll talk about water in Jackson uh, soon. In, in, that's one of the topics of discussion today. But what I told her is you have to tell them, Republicans are killing you. Let's look at the water problem that you just de described in that New Mexico city. Lack of infrastructure spending, lack of investment in monies into that system makes it that they have no alternatives. Right? So, if you don't have water, you die. So, we just take out the middle person. The GOP's policies are killing you or making your life unbearable. Do something about it. You have the power to do something about it. You know what? They, they want life to be so unbearable. Well, I'm going to go into that in the other, sec in the other segment because that's, I, want to, I want you to understand the reason why it is in the Republicans' interest to make life as painful as possible for you. There's a reason behind the madness. There is a reason behind the madness, and I'll explain later on. Second item from uh, El Señor Rodman says, Citizens of, for Ethics, judge removes Griffin from office for engaging in the January 6th insurrection. A New Mexico judge ordered Otero County Commissioner Corey Griffin be removed from office, effective immediately, ruling that the attack on the Capitol was an insurrection and that Griffin's participation in it disqualified him under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. The decision marks the first time since 1869 that a court has disqualified a public official under Section 3 and the, and the first time that the court has ruled the events of January 6, 2021 and insurrection. Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, also known as the Disqualification Clause, bars any person from holding federal or state office who took an oath to support the Constitution of the United States and an officer of any state and then engaged in insurrection or rebellion or gave aid or comfort to insurrectionists, which most Republicans did, politicians that is. Crew President Noah Buckler said, this is a historic win for accountability for the January 6th insurrection and the efforts to disrupt the peaceful transfer of power in the United States of America. Protecting American democracy means ensuring these who violate their oaths to the Constitution are held responsible. This decision makes clear that any current or former public official who took the Constitution are held responsible. The decision makes clear that any current or former Republic official who took on an oath to defend the U.S. Uh, Constitution be participated in January 6th insurrection can be removed and will be removed barred from the government. Punto y final. So I love that, right? Should have been 
first of many. I agree. A lot of them need to be removed. All right, I'm going down. E2247 says, hello, relatives. I guarantee today's visit will be the greatest ever visit. Not hunting chipmunk and loaded for bear. I love that, brother. AVQ says, why is Twitch giving me late announcement for a show I'm already watching? It's kind of funny. I know all these things are given. You know, I think there's a vendetta against progressive shows. Also, we get throttled down. Like today, we are getting throttled down through the gazoo. According to YouTube, I've got four listeners. There are more than four of you I see here on YouTube. But that's what the numbers say, right? On light, I mean, it, it is ridiculous. We get throttled through the gazoo, okay? All right, let's continue, let's continue, let's continue. Uh, para ver, para ver, para ver. Uh, Bridge says, having them difference of opinion on FB posting regarding Irish turf. Uh, let's see, Irish turf being a fossil fuel. They just don't get that. <laughs> bridge, bridge, bridge. Uh, I, I read something that you wrote a few ago, and I want to tell you that you are on point, baby. You are on point. It takes approximately a staggering 10 years for one centimeter of peat to form. One meter deep peat needs 1,000 years. Capiche? There you go. Thank you, British, for for informing for letting folks know what things are about all right let's go down to 2247 says today is the first time any judge federal state judge has found and labeled the june 6th attack an insurrection that's what we spoke of before and e2247 said kawi oh, we read that one already uh let's continue striking down alistair is in the house alistair waters how you doing my dear beautiful lady she is on mobile it's next to the emoticon Melanie Keelan from Barcelona, Spain. España, Barcelona, España is in the house. Macarena says, Facebook doesn't give away stars for usage and engagement as most games systems do. Consider we are products. That might be a mistake on Facebook's part. Toss the peons a few counts cents every day. I love that. Matters, matters. Uh, let's see, this matters because folks should take from it that there is hope for accountability. Yes, I agree. All right, let's see what else we have here before we get into the video of the day. Um, based upon investigation, this is from E2247, storage room, uh, F. Potos Residential Suite, uh, Pine Hall, 45 office, and other spaces within the premises are not authorized location for storage of classified or NDIs. We know that. So why is it that they did it? Because they don't care. Bridge MCP says, bought stars. Where are they? I don't know. I get uh, Bridge, figure it out for us and then teach everybody else. Because, you know, we need you, Bridge. We need your compassion. We need your, your, your um, what is it, your teachings, Bridge. So find out for us and then let everybody know. All right. Uh, Rob Roberto Davenport says, greetings to all progressives. And Bree says, so I guess the stars I bought don't show up anywhere. They should. They should. They should. All right. Uh, Michael Rudnan says, you want real changes so that we have a government that prioritizes the needs of the people? 
Vote progressives in the primaries. Meantime, establishment Democrats uphold the status quo while Republican policies literally kills you through the opposition to living wages, universal health care, and environmental protections. Well, you know what? I'm going to give my friend this, this paragraph. That's a perfect paragraph, um, Michael, because that is how we, we get the changes. You're right about that. I like that paragraph because it's concise. It's concise. It tells you what you do initially and then how you move thereafter. Very good. Very good job, uh, Senor Rodnin. All right, but where are they? Egberto Willis, do you see stars like a carton around your head? I am looking. I am looking, Bridge. Let's see. I'm looking at, a, at, a, at our page to see if I see stars anywhere. I don't. But, Bridge, all I'm going to say is help me figure it out. That's all I'm going to say, Bridge. You're the wing person. All right. Lee Grant says, hey, to progressives, semi-fascists, and everyone in between. You see, that is what we are all about, um, Lee Grant. We're all about inclusivity of every, every one. So here's what we do. Hey, Rudnan, help figure it out for us, man. We need to figure it out so I can tell people how to do the star thing. Like I said, they just sprung this on me. I, I clicked on the buttons to sign up, and then that's all. I don't have any other information. Anyway, here's the deal. I want to I touch on something here. That I just read from who did I just read it from? Because it's important. Um, we're going to the two subjects at hand today, but I somebody said something here that tickled me. Ah, it's Lee Grant, brother Lee Grant. Um, my daughter and I, we went to you know I want to get her out of the house and all of that. So you know she's starting she's starting to acclimate again. You know it's hard when you completely live on your own. Uh, sorry I'm late. Did you mention Barbara A. Enrich passing? Bruce, I saw your email. I haven't gotten to it. I wanted to do the research on it because I didn't know who she was. I'll be honest with you. You know, I don't lie. So um, maybe you could give us a little, uh, a little mention about her inside of the link. And then I'll also uh, look it up. Maybe I know her and just can't recall the name. Put it in there and I promise you that I'll, I'll go ahead and, and figure it out. But anyhow, I went to Starbucks today. Ashley and I, we sat down in Starbucks and there was this guy sitting next to me. And I just kind of got a conversation going, and uh, he said, uh, "He said, oh, you're working out of the office today.'" I said, "No, this is my office. You know, at Starbucks." I said, "I I love this place." And he said, "Oh, you work? You, you do remote?" I said, "Yes, I do remote." And he said, "What do you do?" Then I showed him my T-shirt. I had this on. I said, "Politics done right," and I showed him the cap. Politics done right. He said, "Politics done wrong." I said, "No, politics done right." And then I said, but, you know, it's kind of an interesting name because it really probably should be politics done left. But I said, you know, I love everybody. So, you know, maybe right brings me some right folks on the right, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then I said, I, I took out one of my cards with the politics and right website and everything and gave it to him. And I said, hey, do me a favor. Check out the website and check us out. But remember, do it with an open mind. I know where you're coming from because I assumed Something you shouldn't really always do, but I assume. And then he did tell me, yes, he was a Trump voter, but he doesn't know where he stands with Trump anymore and all that good stuff. We started talking. And then, we, then I looked at him and I said, let me tell you something. We talk like this. And I said, if we have 20 issues, brother, we're going to agree on 16 or 18 issues. And, it's, and I said, you know what? The problem? He said, yeah. And he said, why do they make us fight like this? I said, um, you know... There is an ulterior motive to all of this. 
And then we got into a very long conversation, and Ashley just looked at me, and she's like, Daddy, everywhere you go, you have this big conversation. You mean and I talk to people, right? And we go into this long conversation. He finally figured out I went to the University of Texas at Austin. He went to the rival school, which is a Texas A&M University. So we are sort of nice rivals, right? So we started talking about policy after policy. We started talking about the oil glut that should be as opposed to the lie they told us about an oil shortage. We went into all these other issues, right? And it was amazing how we were in agreement. And then there are certain things that he didn't quite know. And he said, and by the way, he turned out to be, I'm a mechanical engineer. He turned out to be a, what kind of, I think, I don't remember what kind of engineer he was, but either electrical or civil or one of those, right? So we kept on talking and realizing, yeah, it is true. Most of everything that I said, he agreed with, and I agreed with what he was saying, right? And then we were saying like, so what's the problem? Then I started to explain that there was a concerted effort to make sure that we are at each other's throats so that we don't look at real problems caused by the top. And then I showed him how it was that the oil companies were doing nothing more than ripping us off, right? And we did all these things one by one by one by one. It was amazing. How he left, you know, we left there as friends, shook hands and gave me his name, took my card. I, I begged him to look at this stuff because, you know, I have a lot more context of what we're talking about, right? But that is the kind of person that when you, when you look at your, your, your MAGA friends, right? A lot of these supposedly MAGA folks are just party, Republican party folks. They're conservative folk, Right? But when you sit down and talk to them one item at a time, they realize, man, you are just like me. I'm just like you. And that's what this guy said. And my daughter was back there, and all she did was smile because she saw a great uh, two, two guys, two engineers, one that one would call MAGA and one that one would call. I looked at him, and I said, you would probably call me a socialist. And then I explained what I want in a bifurcated economy. And it was like, huh, yeah, that's true. And then we started talking about these, these private emergency rooms and how they're ripping people off. And then he's realizing, like, our realities are converging into the same thing. If we can get away from hating each other, if we can get away from looking to find the next answer to get a gotcha on you, it's amazing what we could accomplish. And that's, by the way, for those that are coming here the first time, that's why I wrote the book, How Do You Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors? I was going to start with the water thing today. And, and Bruce, um, I tell you what, let me, let me go to Bruce's uh, thing first. Because, but remember, uh, remember the first topic here. The topic here that I was just talking about was myself speaking to a supposedly MAGA person and how, how we're so similar. Right, And you guys know I'm a lefty to the court. But we were so similar. Me and this other guy talking, right? Inside of Starbucks. I'm going to pick up on that with this other video that I'm going to show. But I want to handle the person that Bruce brought into the fold first. Bruce sent me an email a few days ago. And I meant to get to it. I hadn't gotten to it. I have it in my to-do box. It was about a woman named uh, that I so far didn't quite know. The name that he, that he put in there. Let me find Bruce. 
Uh, sorry, I, I am late to maintain uh, Barbara N, N, uh, N. Rich passing at 81. I didn't know who she was, and I didn't have the time yet to look it up. I could have Googled it, but I didn't. So I asked Bruce to give me a little thing, and here's what he put. Rest in peace, Barbara Einrich, uh, Einrich, exposed inequality in nickel and dimed, opposed health industrial complex. We remember the author and political activist Barbara N., uh, Einrich, who has died at the age of 81 after a career exposing inequality and the struggles of regular people in the United States. In a brief interview, Democracy Now! co-host Juan Gonzalez recalls working with Enrich as part of the Young Lords and says she was instrumental for the movement against the American health industrial complex. She's really one of the towering figures of the radical and progressive movement in America. And Bruce just called her my mother because I guess we share that commonality as well. I'm going to read a couple more comments and then I'm going to go straight to the video. Bridge says, Egberto Willis, Facebook Stars is a feature that allows you to monetize your stream. Viewers can buy stars and send them to you while you're streaming. Fans can also send animated virtual gifts attached to different star amounts that will appear in your stream. For every star you receive, Facebook will pay you a penny. Hey, guys, start giving me a bunch of stars. I need 100,000 pennies, man. Got to pay for my trip to uh, Pittsburgh. So start sending all those, those stars. Anyhow, continue with the program. Let's see what we got here. Um, Tor Tori Mercer is in the house. He says, um, Labor Day was started as a nationalist scheme to take workers' attention and solidarity away from May Day, the international workers' holiday. May Day was... I didn't know that. You see, I tell you, I have the smartest people in the world. Started by a black Texas anarchist, Lucy, uh, let's see, Lucy Parsons, born into slavery in Texas as a way to commemorate her martyred white husband, Texans Albert Parsons, and the other Chicago anarchists hung for the Haymarket riots. I learn every day from my peeps. Thank you guys for teaching me that stuff. I didn't know that. Thank you, Tori Mercer. You know, Tori is one of our great supporters as well. Uh, and Tori, guess what? At KPFT, we're going to be doing more frequent sh uh, shows, right? And there are sometimes, Tori, I want you in studio with me. There are sometimes I want Brother Bruce Pollard in studio with me. I'm talking about out at KPFT, that, at the new studio that we are building. It should be open in a couple of weeks. So I want, I want all my people here in Texas to come and spend a day with me at the, a day or more sometimes because I'm going to be there very frequently. So Alistair Waters, if you ever get a chance to drive down into town, into Montreal, actually, it's a little bit, um, uh, it's a little bit north, I think northeast of the Montrose area. You can come in the studio with me. All of you that are in Houston that are willing to drive near downtown, you can come into the studio and spend some time with me. That is a part of our thing. And anybody who flies into Houston, can come and spend some time with me in the studio. And that goes for you too, Daniel Lado, any, any one of you can come spend some time with me. All right? Uh, and, 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 and talk. And talk to the audience because that's what we're going to be doing. Talking to the audience. And the audience is going to be talking with us. And, uh, you know, so you are, as a part of an audience, I'd welcome all of you to, you know, come out there sometimes with me and we'll sit down and we'll have some chats and, you know, make it spicy. It's a, it's a community program, right? And that's what we're going to want to do um, starting 
whenever the last nail is hit that we can go into the studio and work. Okay, uh, notice what I said. Me and this guy, a, a guy that we would consider a MAGA guy, we sat down and had a civil conversation. We even agreed. I, I told him 16 out of 20 things we'll agree on. The reality is we agreed on absolutely everything. Well, we didn't go into social issues now, but on things that are math-based, we agreed on everything. It shouldn't be surprising. Both of us are engineers. He's a Republican. I am a progressive. All right. I want you to listen to this because this got me very, very upset when I listened to it on MSNBC last night. I listened to it right after listening to, uh, to Bridge MCP's The Wave. I want you to listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side. Last night, I did a whole lot of blogging. But most importantly, I watched two programs. The first one was uh, The Wave. I think it was uh, uh, one, of our, one of our most premier supporters. Bridge MCP said, Egberto, you have to watch this. Watch this. It's about fascism. And it was about how a teacher converted a kids into Hitler-type loving people without much effort. But the second one I watched was The Civil War. It's a documentary on CNN that I've watched before. But this must be a segment that I missed. I want to play this segment. But before I play the segment, I want to preface something. I want you to look at that guy from the context of how entitled he felt for himself. I want you to also note how the disregard that he has for humanity. And I say humanity except for who he is. I want you to listen to that in detail. This is one segment that got me so irate at his tonality, his tone, and his way of thinking uh, that I couldn't continue blogging on a specific issue. Because uh, listen to this, this piece. And when uh, we're done, we'll come back on the other side. Because one has to understand that these guys have got to be made irrelevant very, very, very soon. Check this out. James McGill, he settled this farm almost 200 years ago, and I felt like I followed in his footsteps. My wife raised the children. All I ever did was work. Of course, now the federal government took my farm, so... I had it financed with federal government, Farmers Home Administration. They wouldn't redo my loans. During the war and Reconstruction, people in the South lost everything. Well, I can empathize with them. It made me mad, and I could understand why they were mad. And, it, and it's been 150 years, and these people are still mad in the South about it. It is wrong for the federal government to dictate to the states what they should or should not do. Ever since the war, no one's property has been secured. There's a lot of talk of reparations for slaves. My great-great-grandfather, uh, Abraham Lincoln, emancipated the slaves. He didn't get paid for them. The war to prevent Southern independence changed our country for the worse. Do you think the war changed the country for the worse? Um, Does it? I, I do understand um, parts of what my father is speaking on because I feel that way that the government is too big and has too much power it's an invasion but how long would it have taken 
to free the slaves. How long would it have taken for them to realize that slavery is wrong? Do you think slavery left an imprint on the mindset of people in America? I'm saying the war left more of an imprint. That's my personal opinion. For black and yeah. white? Yes. So you feel like the war itself was bigger aggression than slavery? Yes. It feels like you're dismissing the experience of millions of enslaved people. It feels like you're not seeing what they experienced at the hands of the people who were enslaving them. I mean, how is treating people as property not a greater horror? Well, my feelings was that it was legal. It was a settled way of order. They had laws that they had to live up to, enforced on them, and treat them like civilly. I don't hate James McGill, but I just want our schools and universities to stop teaching our children to hate our Southern ancestors. They don't deserve that. Now, the, the entitlement that this guy feels, I want to I get on something technical first. You notice he's pissed off because he got a loan from the federal government and evidently he was not that good of a farmer because evidently he defaulted on the loan and lost the land that his forefathers stole from somebody else, right? So, I mean, he wasn't a darn good farmer even having lived on stolen land and, and stolen land that he all but got for free and he couldn't do something with it. And we have black farmers all over this country. Couldn't get loans from the federal government, had to do it, do their own farming without any one of these loans to make them better farmers. But he got it. He was of the right hue to get it. Now, th- then, the, th- then the belief that they have a reason to be angry because somebody is taking their property. Now, these they are living on land that was stolen from indigenous people. They are living on lands that they've signed treaty with people to say, Hey, if you give us this land, we won't blow your head off. And then we'll leave you alone in these other places. And then after that, we break the treaties and we come and take the land anyway. These are the, peop- these are the people who are living on these lands as big farms and ranches across Mississippi and Texas, etc., etc., etc. And they feel that somehow somebody is doing them such a huge wrong because they took something away from them without thinking that they took something away from somebody else. And then... The kicker here, when they ask, do you feel that the slaves, you feel that the Civil War was about slavery, uh, that, uh, you know, the slave aggression? Yes. And then he says, but, you know, uh, they're talking about re- wanting reparations. Nobody gave my, grand, my great-granddaddy a, uh, anything when he gave away, when they took his property away. Human beings, slaves, when they took his property, nobody gave him reparations. The inhumanity the evil within this guy. Even the son understood it. The son said, I, I don't like big government, all of that. You know, the standard Republican, uh, Republican Southern methodologies, right? But then he said, how long would they have taken for these guys to realize that slavery is wrong? That holding another human being in bondage is wrong? How long would it have taken these Southern folks, including my daddy? People. We have to extricate 
uh, I mean, these guys, a guy like that never changes. He feels entitled to his superior to a superiority he does he 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 tries to hold on to by force. That's what he feels. I am superior. Therefore, the indigenous folks that I've stole their land for, I earned it and anybody trying to take it back or take some back and give it back you, you, I, we have reasons to be mad. We have reasons to be upset. And you see those slave guys? Oh, no. Uh-uh. Nobody, no reparations for them because after all, nobody gave my granddaddy reparations. And look at me. I'm a lousy farmer who, because of my hue, should have been just fine. But nobody gave me, they didn't give me that handout that I deserved. We have to extricate that thought process. We have to make guys like him irrelevant. Good. I listened to the sun and I listened to what the sun was saying between the lines. And that should give us all hope. Because while the sun is a, you know, following the conservative ideology, even the sun acknowledges the evil within his daddy. How long would it have taken you to understand that slavery is wrong. Extricate, make these guys irrelevant, and never back down. Never give them the benefit of the doubt. Too many progressives are trying to give folks like this the benefit of the doubt. None. That guy was evil incarnate. That is what evil incarnate looks like. That he showed no empathy when you said, wait a minute, what about the slaves who were owned, who were whipped, who were made just property? Ah, we treated them civilly. There were laws that says you, could, you had to treat them civilly. And, and uh, What the heck are they, cattle? And, you know, for those people who justify, anybody who justify an animal like we just listened to, a Neanderthal like we just listened to, a person without a heart, a deplorable like we just listened to, anybody that does not, you know, are you, and you know I don't get like this with folks, but that guy is evil incarnate. To him it was like, oh, nothing there, just, you know how you will kill a cow to eat? Or a rabbit to eat or a squirrel. To him, that's what the slaves represent. Nothing but a piece of property that, oh, well, if it goes bad, it goes bad. You know, that these aren't, these aren't human living beings with a soul, living beings with feelings, living beings that says, I love my kids, living beings that are just as human, just as the same thought processes you have, the same feelings you have. The same feelings of care. Oh, no, I'm sorry. You have neither feelings nor empathy. So I'm sorry, you're right. You're not a white supremacist. You're just an evil being without a soul. We've got to get this right. When You know, I had seen this documentary before. I had not seen that segment before. Michael Ronin said, Berto, a lack of the ability to empathize with others might be viewed by some as evil. Just understand that most conservatives only care about their in-groups and to hell with everyone else. That is the limit in their psychology. And you know what? what is amazing, though, Michael? 
when I talk about when I have conversations with people, like the guy I conversed with today, he does have feelings for others, but he's a Republican, right? And that is where I want progressives and others to make that distinction. Uh, my good friend, uh, my brother, Norman Reynolds, who I don't see here today, he would give me hell for trying to reach these folks. What I try to tell him is there is a percentage of these folks that it is all about just being a Republican or a conservative because that is a cultural thing. I can reach those people because they have a heart like everybody else. But then there, there is incarnate evil like this guy that we just saw re represents. That is incarnate evil. There, when, when, when we talk about deplorable, that is a deplorable. That is unchanging. That is, he is one of those that cannot change because he was wired that way permanently. That's how he's, and even the sun, you could see the disgust in the sun. You could see the embarrassment in the sun. And you could see the sun, no son wants to go against daddy. So you put the precursor in there, even though I can understand some of what my father is saying. What would it have taken them to understand that slavery is evil, that slavery is wrong? And to think that they like to call themselves Christians and pro-life? Come on, man. And we should never allow these people to get away with this. We should call them as they are, evil. Because in, in and this is what I told my friend, other friend today. This was a Democrat, uh, a progressive going out there canvassing. I said, tell people absent voting for good progressives. These other people will get you killed. Yvette Avery Error said, he was definitely abhorrent. I visited a plantation for the first time a couple of weeks ago and was overcome with emotions. Hard to wrap my head around that. The majority of people then thought that way. And I want to I make a, a little correction there, I think, Yvette. Um, I find that we have to be careful. You know, the, the Bridge MCP made me watch a program called The Wave. Bridge, please put that link in the feed. I want everybody to look at The Wave. Peer pressure and having a leader that's leading you into the wrong direction can force you to do things you would not otherwise do. And that's why I speak to everybody and give everybody the benefit of the doubt and, and try to bring out their humanity. Because my contention is that most of us are the same and that most of us also have the same feelings, most of us have the same care, most of us have the same fears. And in having those fears, we would do things that we otherwise wouldn't do because others have uh, uh, framed it in such a manner that that is what we're supposed to do. And if you watch that movie that uh, Bridge MCP made me watch yesterday, you would, you would see exactly how it worked. And it's a true story. Please watch that 43 minute The Wave. It's a true story. And when I looked at that, I said, you know what? It, it told me that we here at the PDR Posse, we are on the right track. We speak to everybody. We give everybody a chance. We understand that everybody 
have the possibility of being horrendous. But everybody also, or most also, have the possibility of being directed to be good. And then you have those like that animal you just saw me, that evil, in, uh, evil incarnate being that you just saw me put on the screen. Roberto Luis, mi hermano panameño. Saludos, señor. ¿Cómo estás? Um, so, there, so therefore, thank you for putting that in there, um, um, Bridge MCP. Let me see if there are anything else I need to uh, run up in the, in the, in the reading here um, before I go to the next subject at hand. But before we get there, I need to do my ask, folks. Please remember, 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 please support the show. Please go to politicsdoneright.com. Well, let me go ahead and play this first. Politics Done Right depends on you to keep doing what we do. What do we do? We make sure to keep, number one, the internet seeded with blogs and information to counter the right and to present what progressives represent for the benefit of us all to everybody so that it's not misread, misled by any other entity. We make sure and populate that internet with blogs, with videos, with all these other things to make sure that we are informed and to counter everything that you normally hear that, that are lying at the right. We also make sure to create articles in, in magazines, articles in newspapers all around the country to ensure, again, that our message gets out there. Last but not least, we also write books. As you see it, Class Warfare, the only re resort to right-wing doom, How to Make America Utopia, are two of the many books that I've written on these issues. So please support us in one of many ways. Numero uno, you can support us at PayPal, either one time or monthly. Go to politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. You can support us on Patreon. That is politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can support us by becoming a part of our YouTube channel, going to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube, or you can support us in many other forms that you can find at politicsdoneright.com slash support. Be sure to visit our store, politicsdoneright.com slash store, and get our books at politicsdoneright.com slash books. Politics done right. Absolutely so, folks. And, and, and again, um, it, it, please, uh, please watch that link that uh, Bridge MCP put out there. I learned a lot uh, from watching how, and by the way, the, the professor wrote a very long essay that I found. I didn't get a chance to read the whole essay, but accordingly, the, the movie tracked the essay pretty closely. So um, I just think it was a, you know, I don't know who, who turned you on to the movie, but I thank you because, again, it gives me more ammunition as far as how to work with people, how to be forgiven with people. Because I think, I think more than anything else, what that, 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 that movie showed was why we, should, why we should be compassionate with folks, why we should be empathetic with folks, but by the same token, we don't let the Hitlers get away like this, that, that young, that old Hitler that we showed earlier on the, um, the show before. So that is what's so very, very important. Okay, we got to go to the next subject. And I want to talk about this in uh, uh, seriously. Let me get that on the screen. This one isn't a video. Uh, the idea now is, 
Everybody knows what's going on in Jackson, Mississippi. Jackson, Mississippi has bad water. Why do they have bad water? Because their, their infrastructure for, the, for cleaning the water and their infrastructure for delivering the water is old, dilapidated, and the maintenance is terrible because of lack of money. So, the idea is different mayors have been year after year, even as their, their, their tax base fell, because the people that earn more in general, in general, higher income white people, which made up a large portion of the population, and higher income black folks all left the city. Jackson is made, a lot of them left the city of Jackson. So their tax base has fallen, and as such, all their infrastructure, many of it left was left wanting. When you have situations like that, the capital of Mississippi, where you have the governor's mansion and you have corporations with their skyscrapers and all of that, surrounded by lower income folk, right? So very high income folks that drive into town to get into those towers, to get into these buildings in downtown Jackson, but they leave town to their beautiful suburbs, but the water system that sustain the people who also work in the downtown to support all those guys coming in from the suburbs is in bad shape. There are a lot of times that we were able to provide these guys with money, whether federal money or money coming from the, uh, when we had the pandemic, a lot of monies were driving up into Mississippi and other places. Monies that were specifically to be delivered to the poor. And that qualifies. Fixing this water plant would have qualified for helping those who least could afford it. But they didn't do that. They didn't give the city the money that it needed to fix its entire water infrastructure. Its entire water infrastructure would take about $1 billion to solve. Right? Well, you know, they, they, they took a $7 to $1 million stuff and just threw it away. Brett Favre got over a million dollars for himself for speeches he didn't make. Brett Favre allowed, a Mississippian, allowed monies to go into fixing a volleyball thing. They, they, these, these supposedly fiscal conservative Republicans were spending your money and giving it away to other rich people. That's what they were doing with this money. Look it up. I am not lying. Look it up. Brett Favre is a, is a part of that big scandal. Okay, all we need for Mississippi is for Mississippi to get some federal dollars and state dollars to fix the water system once and for all, to put some meters in there that automatically bill like we have here. And by the way, and I got to call 311. My meter is not working, right? That's all we need to do. A billion dollars. It's a lot of money. Oh, yes, it's a lot of money. But, but uh, Ukraine just said, oh, we need $3 billion worth to buy some ammunition. They didn't even have to vote on it. They just did it. They got a billion dollars. But to protect 150 to 180 citizens and make their lives livable in America, we won't give... A hundred, or we won't give just one billion dollars. They've sent over a hundred billion dollars to Ukraine. If you if you add up all the different forms of assistance Ukraine got, we couldn't even get one hundredth for fixing the entire water system of a of a major city. We couldn't even get one hundred of that to do it. 
I wonder why. I wonder why. So what is the answer that the Republican governor, the MAGA governor of Mississippi wants to do? He floats the idea of privatizing the water system in Jackson. And how is that going to work? You know, they want you to forget math. Here's the deal. If you have a private company controlling utilities, it has to cost more. Why? Because that private company has investors who are expecting a return on their investment. So therefore, everything has to be marked up higher to give to the private investors in that company. Alternatively, if you simply fix the water system, people will buy water at pennies on the dollar because, again, you got a water system that's free. You don't have to invest in, you don't need investors or any of that. What Republicans like to do is they like to make things in the public sector work terribly. To give an informed population the belief that the private sector can do it better than the public sector. Let me float an idea to you. There is absolutely no truth to the private sector being more efficient than the public sector. The fact is... For the private sector to be more efficient than the public sector, or rather, for the public sector to be less efficient than the private sector, you would have to have waste that is greater than the profit margin of what the private sector is doing. And that is never accomplished. Medicare has a 3% overhead. The private sector has anywhere between 18 and 30% overhead to get you healthcare, which means if we got rid of the private sector out of healthcare, we would have an immediate increase in 30%. Of, in other words, if you spend $100 billion, $30 billion go to, to, to waste, now we only waste $3 billion in administrative fees and a lot more people can get taken care of. It is always, It has always been a lie that the private sector is more efficient than the public sector. It was inculcated in your mind so that you would find reason to do that. When they, every time a European country has moved their, their transport system from public to private, it has cost people more. And again, it's just basic math. The people who invest in the private sector want a return on their monies. That, that, that profit... That return on investment is an expense to the American people. So don't buy it. We should never allow our utilities to be privatized. In fact, that we have electrical companies that are private. You know, most, most, com- most countries are, 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 are lit by, you know, Pan Edison or one of, All of that should be nationalized. Because, again, your electricity is higher because the sources of your the sources for that electricity is private and dependent on a return on investment and that return on investment is an expense that you pay it's money out of your pocket going into the pocket of a rich person if the government however runs electrical runs oil and runs a uh, healthcare 
all those things that we basically all need, we would get it at a discount. Then, if you want to have a pizza shop, private sector. If you want to have a grocery store, private sector. All those things can be in the private sector. But things that you must have do not belong in the private sector. Absolutely no to the privatization of water delivery. In Chile, they are, they've been trying that. Even the farmers had to pay for water. Water that's raining. And people were buying rights to water in the ground. It makes absolutely no sense. We only have four minutes, so let me start reading. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, let's see, let's see. I uh, have any messages from me. We have Macaroni said, Quora answered, has anyone ever been removed from Sports Hall of Fame for any particular reason? In the four major U.S. pro sports, it has never happened. Even O.J. Simpson is still a member of the pro football team. The Halls of Fame, I don't know why you put that in there. There must be something that I missed. Lee Grant says, when people realize they can get water without paying the bill, they don't pay. This leads to underfunding, lower maintenance, and dirty water. Let, let's qualify something, okay? Uh, you're right about that, though, Lee. You know, if people don't pay their water bill and you don't shut off their water for bills that they should be able to afford to pay, right? Then they'll not pay their bill if there isn't a consequence. I agree with you there. So that has to be taken care of, no doubt. But that's not the big issue here. That is not the major issue here. The major issue here is a dilapidated system with a, a funding system that is not adequate for the water that that city uses, including the skyscrapers, etc. It's that simple. Okay? Um, Bruce says, think rocket. So far, it's cheaper to launch things to ISS by private due to American know-how. Sorry, man, from NASA. You know what's so funny? That's a lie, though, Bruce. It's not true at all. Let me tell you the, my, the, the secret. You know why? Uh, when they say it co- I By the way, I, did, I work for NASA. I work for Planning Research Corporation. I work, work for Ford Aerospace. And I worked for Lockheed, and I worked for, uh, what's the other one that I worked for? Plan Researcher, uh, Ford Aerospace, Lockheed, and, no, not is it, not, I don't remember, those three. Anyhow, and let me explain something. It has always been a lie that the private sector can do things cheaper, even for rockets, right? What happens is the following. NASA gets a contract to build rockets, and, ro- and NASA doesn't build the rockets. The private sector builds the rockets. The private sector are the ones with the cost overruns. Because here's what happens. And let me tell you what happens in a lot of cases. You go in there and you have Lockheed and Ford Aerospace bidding on the Saturn, let's say to build a Saturn V rocket. And then Ford says, you know what? I'm going to make it real cheap so that I can win the bid. And Lockheed says, I'm going to go even cheaper to win the bid. Because they know after winning the bid... They can have these things called cost overruns. And once they get into building the project, the costs keep going up and up and up and up. It's the private sector that has always been the thugs, the thieves. Now, if NASA had decided to do the following, right? If NASA had decided to do the following, we are going to hire, we are going to have a true, uh, a true company that builds the rockets, that builds all these things that don't only run the project, but has the engineers in the project where there is not a profit motive, 
right? The reason you have these cost overruns is there's a profit motive. There's a profit in having cost overruns. There is a profit motive in having cost overruns. But that's not what we do. They lie to you and say, oh, NASA can't do anything. So now, now as opposed to NASA running the project, you have, uh, you, you have Bezos running the project. Well, when Bezos is running the project and he's the one on top, the buck stops with Bezos, right? When the buck stops with government, the private sector pay off the government to go ahead and allow them to overcharge, allow them to have that $500 toilet seat. People, we have to understand the concepts here. The ones that always screw you isn't we, the people, the government. The one that screws you every single time are private corporations, bar none. Private corporations always has to maximize profits for their shareholders. In doing so, they go as far as they can. Steal, rob, do whatever they must do legally. And where it's not legal, they make sure that laws are passed to make it legal. Folks, please don't drink the Kool-Aid. Just remember basic math. Profit, whenever we the people are paying for it, is an expense. I repeat, when we the people are paying for it, as opposed to building it ourselves, profit for the shareholders, becomes an expense. We can go into that further. It's 4 o'clock. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.